Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Full Stack Journey podcast, where we talk about the ongoing evolution of the IT professional. Thanks so much for listening and for joining me today. I am your host, Scott Lowe. My goal today with the podcast, as always, is to help equip and prepare uh, listeners, which are all of you that are listening right now, for your journey of learning across the full stack of technologies that we find in today's data centers and cloud environments. Now, I have another career switcher episode lined up for you all today. And joining me today to talk about their career journey and also to provide some resources um, that they use during their career switch is Alexandria Leary. Alexandria, how are you doing today? Hello, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, I am so happy to have you on the podcast. So I'm really excited about our discussion today. I think it's a, a great story and um, just Judging from some of the resources that you shared with me that we can put in the show notes so that the listeners have them, um, I think this is going to be a super useful podcast for our listeners. Um, so before we get into you know great detail about your story and everything that's happened, why don't you just introduce yourself, um, you know, tell listeners who you are, give a little bit about your background, not too much, because yeah, that's the that's the juicy stuff we want to get into in a minute. But also, you know, if, if you have um, any online URLs or social media contacts, something like that, do you want to share with listeners? Um, you can include them here and we'll also give you a chance to include them later as well. Awesome. Yeah. So I am Alexandria O'Leary. I am a security cloud consultant at a company called ScaleSec, which I love. I was once a financial advisor, started my career in financial services and really decided that that was too monotonous for me. So instead, I moved into the ever-changing world of technology and security. Um, I can be reached on LinkedIn, which I think that there is a link that we can provide. And then also I have recently started writing on Medium. So if anyone would like to look at some of my more in-depth writings, that's a place to be. All right, perfect. And yes, we'll make sure that links to both of those are in the show notes. So listeners, if you enjoy um, today's discussion with um, Alexandria and you want to connect with her in some way, then the links will be there in the show notes, which of course will be available on the Packet Pushers website, uh, where you'll also be able to get to the podcast, um, as well as, you know, publishing the podcast through a variety of platforms. So first thing I like to do with guests, I just started doing this in the last few episodes, is I like to ask a few sort of, you know, rapid fire questions just to help people kind of get a feel for you, you know, like, um, you know, so, uh, Silly little things that only, you know, computer people would, would enjoy talking about. So um, uh, here's, here's the first question then. Um, do you prefer the GUI or the terminal? Terminal. Most of the time. <laughs> um, yes, I'll say 95% of the time terminal, um, but the GUI does come in handy every once in a while. Okay. All right. I think at 95%, you could probably just say terminal, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, all right. Um, and uh, let's see, um, uh, what is your preferred mobile platform, iPhone or Android? I am an Android fan. Google Fi is where it's at. All right, very good, okay. Does that carry over into the desktop as well? Are you a Linux fan? I am. I don't always use it because I do have a Mac for work, but I prefer Linux and usually for my own stuff, I run uh, Windows WSL, so Windows Subsystem Linux. Okay, yeah. Uh, I have a, a bunch of colleagues of mine that are very, very huge fans of WSL. I have been a longtime Mac user for longer than I would care to admit. Um, and <laughs> tried switching to Linux, but the friction on as a desktop, you know, sort of operating system is a little too much for me. 
Um, but absolutely everything I deploy um, is, is Linux unless you know, I have some requirement otherwise. Okay, very good. Um, great, okay, well now we know all about Alexander. Not really, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so one of the fascinating things that, um, uh, you know, when we first started chatting about you coming on the show was this, this rather significant career switch, right? Like we've talked to a lot of career switchers over the, over the years um, in the podcast. And in fact, the podcast was originally launched as a platform for sharing career switch stories. And then I found that like, there aren't that many career switchers out there. So I had to kind of pivot and do some other stuff too. But, um, you know, we, we've talked to folks who have switched from like, you know, they were a storage person and they went into, you know, containers and Kubernetes, for example, but they're still in IT, mm -hmm. right? And I haven't had a lot of stories that are somebody coming from a completely unrelated field and then saying, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go work in the technology field. And as you mentioned, when you were doing introduction, your story is one of those. So, you know, let's chat a little bit about your story. Like you started out as a financial advisor. What, what led you to decide that's not for me anymore? Yeah, um, it, it was a big change and it took me a little while to actually get to the point where I knew what I wanted to do. Um, so I, I started out with a finance degree um, and I actually started out in kind of like a QA role um, with financial services. So helping process transactions, making sure there was no wire fraud, things like that. Um, I really enjoyed that, but I figured I have a finance degree. I should be a financial advisor because I was 20 and thought that was a good idea. Um, so I switched gears. I had a great manager at the time who was very helpful in helping me fulfill that dream. Um, I got to that point pretty quickly. I thought it would take me a little bit longer. And then I continued that for several years and really felt like I was reading the same choose your own adventure book over and over and over. Um, I had done the same thing for so long, had the same conversation so many times that I just was over it. <laughs> um, so I originally started looking within financial services within the bank that I was working for, um, which at this point was Merrill Lynch Bank of America. And I moved into a market supervision manager role, so risk management. And I, I liked the risk management portion of it, but I didn't really like the, again, finance portion of it. It was very um, stagnant. There wasn't really a whole lot that changed as far as finance goes. And as far as I can tell, a very, very long time. And I love learning. So I very quickly became bored at that as well and spent a lot of time being like, okay, so what are the things that I like about what I've been doing and what are the things that I wish I could have more of that I think would keep me content for longer? <laughs> and um, risk management obviously was a big thing that came up in both that first role that I really enjoyed and kind of where I leaned towards at the end. And so that was helpful knowing that I enjoyed that portion of things. Knowing that I liked learning, um, I was trying to find a field that was continuously evolving, which technology is great for. Um, it's impossible to learn everything in technology. So I was like, all right, let's let's see if I can find a way to pivot from where I'm at into a technology role using risk management as that kind of pivot point. And I had no real technology skills to speak of at the time. So, so my first goal was to basically just get anything technology related under my belt as far as experience or certifications or um, anything of the sort. And I actually moved into a coding boot camp 
um, that was hosted at DU. It was hosted online. And I did it, but I didn't really think that it was necessarily what I wanted to do. I liked the coding portion of it, but I don't necessarily think that a coding bootcamp is necessary for everyone. Um, it's great if you need structure. It's great if you um, really feel like you, it was a web dev bootcamp as well. So a little bit different than kind of where I wanted to go. Um, it, but if you want to do that, then it, it can be great. But I think that there's a lot of free resources online or, you know, even just like in communities that you can go and utilize as opposed to paying the big bucks for the boot camps. Um, a couple of those are Free Code Camp, um, Coursera, App Academy has an open um, boot camp. So it's the same course that they use for their online uh, boot camp, but it's basically you can just get to all of the information yourself. You don't have the assistance or the community around it, but you do still have all of the information. So in that though, what actually happened is I was talking to a bunch of the folks that I worked with at the bank and I was really heavily into the volunteer scene. I loved helping others learn about um, finance and personal finance and especially junior achievement. And so I was at a volunteering event and I mentioned to a couple of the folks there that I was looking to move into technology. And they just so happened to know that Bank of America at the time was having their information security team move, or not necessarily move, but have a new hub in Denver. So they were like, oh, we're having an opening shindig this evening. Do you want to come with us? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> so I ended up um, going with them to that. And I had the chance to meet a lot of the kind of executive folks that were moving in here. Um, got a chance to talk to some of the teams, see what kind of teams there are, uh, and was actually able to kind of get to know folks without it being like, hey, I need a job, <laughs> which was really nice. And a little bit after that, I um, emailed a couple of the folks that I thought I wanted to work with. And I did say, hey, I would like to make this transition. What do you think is the best way to go about that? What do you feel is, um, you know, the easiest role for me to be able to gain some experience and continue learning so that I can continue to grow within this atmosphere within the bank? Luckily, they were very helpful. Um, they utilized, again, some of the skills that I already had and really helped me to move over into the global information security team as, um, what was my technical title? I believe I was a business support lead. And so I was able to utilize a lot of the connections that I had made in my financial advisory days to kind of help their business and their office get set up for success there in Denver. And at the same time, I was helping with onboarding. So I ended up meeting everyone, which is great. Got to know all the managers um, and got to know the different teams, the people that were on the different teams, and really got to see what each of the teams that were within the information security field at Bank of America did and how they functioned. And I actually think that that was more helpful than just kind of choosing a, you know, oh, I want to be incident response, just kind of in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> because it gave me a really broad perspective of what everyone did and the teams in particular, um, because information security is such a big and broad field. There's so many different areas you can go into. 
And I had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> so it was very, very helpful for me to kind of sort through all that. Um, as I did that, I decided that I wanted to be um, kind of the liaison between the business and the security teams. So I was a business information security consultant for a little bit. And that was cool because it gave me the time and the ability to essentially use my business acumen and um, kind of translate that into technology and the reverse. So that way I could wrap my head around it in the way that I was used to and then still be beneficial for the company and my growth at the same time. Um, that was awesome. But at the same time, I decided that I wanted to do something a little bit more hands-on because I did like the coding portion of the coding bootcamp that I had. And so while I was doing that role, um, I spent a lot of time getting new security certifications, um, networking. So using things like WESIS and Women Who Code Cloud and um, looking through the AWS community builders and things like that so that I could figure out what it was that I wanted to do. Um, when I made the transition originally, I was studying for my MBA and realized that I could take was six or eight more classes and double major and get an MS in information systems. So I did that as well. Um, and in the midst of that, I took a cloud class and fell in love. Um, I loved it. The teacher was awesome. Um, my final was like the AWS um, CCP exam. So I got my first AWS there under my belt, which was cool. And then that same professor actually um, helped me do my capstone course and allowed me to do a self-study where I did my AWS solutions architect as my midterm and the AWS security exam as my final. Um, really, really cool as far as kind of the experience went. And I really loved a couple of the things that I essentially implemented for myself because it was a class that I made. But um, learning in public is something that I found to be very, very helpful. It helps with that community building and networking portion of things that has really helped me get to where I am. Um, and what I did was actually called 100 Days of Cloud. Um, it's 100 days where you spend a little bit of time. Um, you can you know, make a commitment to yourself, however much time you decide on. And you write about it on, I did GitHub and Twitter, um, but whatever your social media preferences is where you can post about it. Um, and it actually has quite a few followers. I met a lot of really cool people that way. Um, that's kind of where I started with the AWS community builders and learning about them, which hopefully one day soon I'll be able to join them in being a community builder. I haven't made it yet, but maybe one day. <laughs> and that's really what helped me gain the actual like hands-on skills that I needed to be able to move into a different role that was a cloud and be more hands-on. So that being said, I then started looking for a role that would fulfill those requirements. Um, I ended up working for a company called Vertical Relevance, which was a great company. Um, they were fantastic and that they gave me essentially like a three month boot camp of their own where they gave me different projects to build in um, cloud formation and AWS CDK and Terraform so that I had the experience of, you know, building things out like I would for a company in an actual engagement. And 
then they pushed me towards um, the security side of things, which was totally cool. It was a place that I had experience in. Um, I got my security plus and um, was able to get my CISSP pretty shortly thereafter because of my time in risk management as well, which was very, very helpful as far as the security portion goes. Um, there's actually a security cert roadmap that I used to kind of guide my journey as far as what I thought I wanted and what I was studying for. <laughs> um, I tend to be somebody who's kind of studying for something all the time. So I always just am like, okay, well, here, this one looks like it's something that I might be interested in, or this one looks like it's something that um, aligns with whatever my next goal is. And so I'll just continue continuously study for something. Um, but the security cert roadmap has a great way to kind of say, um, oh, hey, I like cloud. Here are the certifications that are good for cloud. Oh, hey, I like, um, you know, it's response. Here's the certifications that are good for that. And so it's been a great resource for me as well. And you can obviously combine those, which is what I've done a lot. <laughs> um, vertical relevance was great, but I just had a better opportunity come along with ScaleSec. And that is where I'm at now. And it's fantastic. The vertical relevance role was billed as a DevOps role. So it was very much um, hands-on keyboard, actually coding, and less of a focus on security. Um, but I really wanted the security focus just because I thought that it was something that A, is important, B, will continue to grow, um, and I enjoyed it. So uh, with ScaleSec, I am security focused. There are hands-on portions of things and I do still get to code, but it is definitely with a security mindset at all times, um, which I like. And it varies a little bit more. So right now there's a couple of projects that I'm working on that are um, kind of more like security assessments as opposed to actually writing code for it. Um, so I get kind of both. I get to keep the consultancy that I liked about financial advisory I get to keep the security that I liked about the information security consulting, and I get to keep the hands-on portion depending on what kind of project I'm working on. That was that's a very long-winded answer, yeah, but no, no, that, that, that's a no. It's a great story, <laughs> and I love, I, I love the progression through there. And there, there are so many points that sort of, you know, resonated with me along the way. Um, I can, you know, kind of starting from the from the back, I can totally identify with this idea of like you know, the, the mix of the things, like I, I get to do some hands-on, I get to do some consulting, I get to do this, you know, I, um, I was in sort of the field facing consulting type role for many years. And that's exactly why I enjoyed being in that role is because you're, you're right on the front lines with the customers, you're in the trenches doing the technologies, um, you know, so you get that, the ability to do a little bit of teaching, right? Um, of helping, you know, the customer understand this is what we're doing or this is what you're implementing or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you get the hands on doing it. Um, so it's, it's a great, it's a great mix. Um, so I, I can completely identify with that. Um, so it sounds like, you know, what, what really led you out of financial services was like, uh, you know, you just this lifelong, you know, learning desire. Like I, I always want to be learning, right. I picked that up from, from, you know, you mentioning that and also, you know, are always studying for something. Um, and then it's just seemed like a natural fit given your, your background with risk management on the financial side to kind of start there and then, you know, kind of see where, where it took you. Right. And, uh, I think that's a, that's a great story. You know, if you were talking to other folks 
um, about switching careers, right? You know, somebody came to you and they said, hey, I heard your story on the podcast because that would be cool if somebody did that. But um, and then said, you know, hey, yeah, I'm thinking about doing this. What would you tell them? I mean, like, is there, you know, maybe one or two sort of key learnings out of your experience that you might tell somebody like, hey, this is what to think about if you're thinking about making a switch. And this is kind of, you know, something to keep in mind in that process. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, if you hear this and you want to do that, please do that. Um, I love when people do that. I've had a few people reach out to me before and I, I love helping people um, or even just chatting with them, which sometimes is very helpful. Something I wish I had. So I'm more than happy to provide it to others. Um, I really more than anything would say networking is probably one of the most important things. Um, even if you don't know exactly what area I'm assuming you're moving into tech. If you're moving somewhere else, then that's fine to network in that area. But even if you don't know what area within technology you want to be in yet, networking is super important because that's what helps you figure out what area it is that you might like. Ask people questions, get to know people, talk to people, go to different webinars. Things like that are what are going to kind of solidify the area that is best for you. And then... The thing that I've come to find that has been important in everything that I have done, at least, is take kind of like a basic coding class like Python. It doesn't necessarily matter what language. Um, Python, I think, is great. I think it's very beginner friendly and I think that it can do a lot. But that is something that has been very helpful in any of the roles that I have been in or have wanted to be in. And I think it's going to continue to get more so. Um, just being able to code in general is very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And just to clarify folks, because, you know, we do talk about computer networking from time to time, kind of networking Alexander is talking about is people networking, which I know as technologists, we sometimes want to avoid, but it is, I would agree with Alexandria, very, very important. Um, you know, I, I was, I was struck by the, the, the importance that it played in your transition in particular about getting to meet the people that were in there, finding out from them, you know, hey, what the different teams are doing, what their roles are, that kind of thing. And I think something else that really caught my my attention out of the story, and this is something that we've had on previous discussions on the podcast with previous guests, is like you you took the time also to tie it back to your business experience. Like, you know, okay, hey, I I, I know about risk management and I know the business that's involved there, so I can take this thing that I'm doing now and I can bring that into it and, and increase the relevance of what I'm doing, right? Um, because I think as technologists, a lot of times we we think about technology for technology's sake and we often forget that the technology exists to support some other function, right? For for a bank or, a, you know, some other financial firm, firm it's, it's to support those things that you're doing. For a manufacturing thing, it's to support the manufacturing line. You know, for a software company, it's to help produce software that other people can use, right? Um, and we have to just always keep that in mind and not forget that that's, that that's the reason we're there. And those transferable skills are, um, you know, a, a great thing to put on your resume because they are things that not everyone has, right? So some people don't necessarily think of the consultant portion of things or the business portion of things. And so to be able to have both is something that is rare and is coveted. So if you have, um, you know, if you're a teacher, use the skills that you've learned in that role and just bring them to your new technology role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I worked with a young man in a previous role. He was 
just phenomenal as a person and as a technologist. But he was so worried uh, because he didn't have any previous experience as a consultant. And I'm like, you know, look, it's okay. Like, you know, that's stuff you can learn, right? But bringing with it all the experience you have and all the other things that you've done, you know, you're, you're going to be a natural at this. And he was, he knocked it out of the park. He was, he was, he was fantastic. Um, so I think that's a, a great thing to remind people is like, you've got, you've got things that you can bring to the table with you as you begin this, this new career for you. Again, assuming we're talking about technology, if it's something else, you know, might be a little different, but right. the, the, the point still applies. Um, so and listeners, you know, Alexandria gave you all kinds of links, all kinds of resources mentioned there, which is fantastic. I've got links to all those in the show notes. So you're, you're able to capture all those. So don't worry about having to scroll back and, you know, catch all the things that she mentioned. Um, they're, all, they're all listed there for you. Um, so looking back on the, on the, on the, the journey now, right. Um, what was, or what were, um, some of the, some of the challenges, some of the hurdles that you faced and how do you think, you know, out, out of those, you know, are, are some of them applicable to other, you know, career switchers, right. And, and what would you, what advice would you have for them? Um, I think the hardest part was just getting started. Um, you kind of end up with like a, a paralysis. You're like, okay, I, I know that I want to do this, but how do I, how, how, you know, there's so many different things. Like you said, I don't have experience in this field. Um, how am I ever going to get hired? How am I going to do this? And I think that just making that initial step is always the hardest. Um, having a good support system, whether that be family, friends, hopefully both, um, you know, coworkers, what, whatever, it's great to have people that you can talk to about your, um, about your journey and just actually making that first step. That first step doesn't really have to be like the, you know, don't climb Mount Everest first, you make one small step towards what it is that you want to do and then continue making small steps. And that's all it is. Um, the other thing that I think was really hard is, I had been in financial services for almost 10 years at the time. So I was like, oh, am I just, you know, throwing this away now? <laughs> Which was terrible. And I hated that. And so I, I encourage everyone to look at it, not as throwing, you know, your past away or a waste of time or anything like that. Um, it's a sunk cost that's gone already anyway. So just use the skills that you've learned in that area and pivot to something that's going to fit you better and that you're hopefully going to enjoy more and be able to have, you know, the, the career that you want for the rest of your life. Yeah, those are, those are great lessons. Um, and, and, and I've talked to other folks on the show who, you know, I want to highlight that, that first step part that you mentioned, because I've talked to other folks on the show who have talked about that and said, look, you know, we, you want to do some planning, of course, you want to do some research, you want to kind of know, you know, have a rough idea of where you're headed, that kind of thing. But don't get so caught up in trying to have this perfect plan of how everything's going to go, because you're just going to end up getting caught in that paralysis that you're talking about, right? You know, just just get started, take a first step. Um, I'm always reminded, and I know it's a little bit of a cliche now, but the, you know, the, the saying of the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, right? But you, you won't, you won't yeah. ever get anywhere if you don't take the step and it may feel daunting, but the first step will get you there. And you don't have to, like you said, you don't have to climb, you know, you're from, you're, you're uh, in Colorado, I assume, <laughs> because you talk about Denver. So you don't have to climb a, climb a 14er right away, right? You know, you could start with something easier. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but the important thing is to get started. 
Absolutely. I say to pick a direction because that, that plan's going to change. Like I, I didn't know that I was going to be where I am right now, even, you know, a year ago, like it, everything changes very quickly in technology. That's, that's why I'm here. Um, it's a blessing and a curse. I know, but it's always changing, which means your path will likely change too. So don't feel like your path changing is a bad thing. Choose a direction, head towards it. If you need to pivot, do so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, awesome. And then a, a couple more questions and then we'll wrap up. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned a couple of times, uh, part of what draws you to the technology field is that technology is always evolving and it is, right? And I've made comments and presentations of it in the past and talks and other shows, you know, that if if you don't like change, then technology is probably not the right field for you. <laughs> um, but um, as you also mentioned, it's both a blessing because it, it is, you know, it, it's constantly challenging us, right? And constantly forcing us to grow and learn and evolve. But it's also a curse because we're constantly having to learn and grow and change and evolve. So one of the things I hear from folks a lot is like, how do so two things one how what are the what are the techniques or the tools or the methods that you use to stay current right because you've got all this change coming at you new releases new products new open source projects you know whatever um so one like what is the process for kind of just managing that onslaught and then two i hear a lot of questions about time management like you've got a full-time job you're trying to do that you know lots of listeners have families um or other outside hobbies that they want to participate in. So how do they juggle that um, in, you know, the, the other mix of life, right? And I'm just curious if you have thoughts on those two things. So one, sort of a method of how we consume all the information coming from change, and then two, sort of how you juggle that from a time management perspective. Yeah. Um, I think that for me, how I try to stay on top of things is um, I have my two kind of main, um, I guess, platforms that I work with, right? AWS and G GCP. Um, so I basically anything new that they have come out, we have uh, like an RSS feed that throws it to us. So we get to, we can read it, stay on top of things, make sure that we're current with those two big platforms. Um, other than that, as a consultant, a lot of what we do is quite varied. <laughs> so, um, there are, you know, any, any news websites as far as just things in general, usually have cybersecurity things on them, to be honest. Um, so staying current on news is important. Um, and that kind of helps with your ability to talk to clients as well. And then there are, um, the communities that I mentioned as well do a really good job of having different webinars that will help you stay current in different skills that are um, prevalent at the time. Um, I've seen a lot of new ones come out about chat GPT recently. So they're always trying to stay on top of things too. So if you subscribe to a couple of different ones that you really like and really resonate with, that are a portion of what you're either moving towards or what you're working in, then I think that those will be very helpful in helping you uh, keep on top of the trends, at least, and then you can do research further on your own if there's something that interests you. As far as time management goes, that one's a little bit harder because it's different for everyone. Um, luckily, I have a significant other who is very supportive of me kind of having my alone time um, and we don't have kids yet. So that makes things a little bit easier for me in that regard, I will say. And the company that I work for is really great about 
um, giving us time to make sure that we are able to stay on top of our technology skills and certifications and learning and things like that. Um, I've noticed that a lot of other companies are starting to do that as well. So really finding a company that values that work-life balance and wants to keep you as their employee up to date, I think is very important. Um, it's good for them. It's good for you. I think that hopefully more companies will continue to move towards that in the future. Um, the other thing is I kind of mentioned it, like I'm kind of always studying for something. Don't feel like you have to do everything right now. Um, I had that mentality for a little bit and eventually you're just going to burn out. <laughs> so, you know, if there's the certification that you want, like you can study for it for however long you need to, unless it's a job requirement and you can continue working towards things at whatever pace fits your lifestyle. So even if it's that hundred days of cloud, right? Five minutes a day is still learning. Um, it's just a matter of making that commitment to yourself for a time that works for you and your family and friends. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Time management strategies are going to vary from person to person. Um, you know, uh, the, the time management strategies that I use now as an empty nester are obviously very different than the time strategies I had to use when all my kids were at home, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, listeners, you know, you're going to have to kind of experiment a little bit. And I think that's kind of what Alexander is mentioning here is like, just find some some mechanism that works for you and 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 think about the commitment from your family um, and your commitments, you know, both from them and to them. If, if family's involved that, you know, like this is the time that I need um, to to, you know, to stay current um, and, you know, kind of see where you can fit that in. Um, so, uh, you know. Just it's, just it's just going to be one of those things. Like you'll have to find something that works for you. You'll have to experiment a little bit. Um, you know, it's funny to me, like, um, it seemed like RSS had this, you know, massive, you know, everybody was doing it. And then suddenly kind of it, it all went away. But I still find uh, using RSS feeds to be so valuable in staying current. Um, of course, I'm a little more, uh, I should probably learn when not to add a feed to my feed reader. Is, is a, that's what I guess what I'm trying to say there, since I have like a hundred and some in there. But anyway, that's a different story, different different podcast episode about that. Um, okay, great. Well, I, this has been a fantastic conversation, Alexandria. I really, really appreciate you being on the show. Before we wrap up, any closing thoughts that you want to share with listeners? Any sort of final pieces of advice that we haven't mentioned, or anything of that nature? Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. So thanks again for having me. This has been great. I would say that my greatest advice, and I know I said it before, is to just get started. Um, if there's something you think you want to do, don't doubt yourself. You can do it. You just have to take that first step. Um, and secondarily, like if you do have questions, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to chat with you. Um, I did it. I know you can do it. We're all here for you. Awesome. Great advice. Thank you so much, Alexander. I appreciate it. Yeah, you too. All right. So that's it for this episode, listeners. I want to thank you once again for joining uh, me for another episode of the Full Stack Journey podcast. I'm always open to hear your feedback uh, on this episode or any episode of the podcast. So please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can uh, find me on Twitter, either using the uh, podcast Twitter handle at FSG podcast, or you can reach me uh, directly at Scott underscore low on Twitter. I'm also on Mastodon um, as at Scott S. Low on the Fostodon.org instance. Um, so feel free to reach out to me, either one of those, leave comments um, there, um, leave feedback or reviews on any of the platforms where we publish. This helps us reach 
uh, more listeners uh, with our information on helping them with their careers as well. And uh, so we'd we'd really appreciate that. Um, This has been the Full Stack Journey Podcast, where too much learning is never enough.